morning on this Thursday, June the 11th, <coughs> 2020. Your eyes open yet? 2020 means um, you can see clearly without corrective lenses. Moses was 120 when he died, and he had perfect eyesight, not just physically, but also spiritually, because he knew the Lord. Did he mess up? <laughs> we know he did. He murdered somebody because they were attacking his own, committed murder, and he actually got that 40 years, not only to keep him away from Pharaoh, <coughs> but he could get stronger in the Lord. Uh, but that was also because he ended up just dealing with physical sheep. Um, as a shepherd, whether that delayed him a forty uh, for that period, possibly. Uh, but God, of course, God still worked it out for good. I'll tell you. He said, okay, you're not ready yet. He used a fleshly means to show his passion and compassion. That just came to me. I meant wasn't planning on beginning that one. Uh, how many of us are, I just went to the eye doctor recently, maybe that's where that came up. And of course, as we age, we automatically assume that our eyes are you know, going to get a little tired, they're going to get a little fatigued, especially with the uh, influx of smartphones. Um, people do reading on smartphones instead of actually laying it upon their desk or look at computer screens all day long. <coughs> if that is your particular job. Um, instead of actually laying on your face out there or, or, or sitting at your desk and actually opening your Bible. Okay, we all shall. If, if your heart is still tender, you just got cut. If you didn't get cut, your heart, your heart has become stone. Uh, and God's going to need to use some, uh, a little bit of, I call, uh, biblical C4 to, um, to break it and then to resaturate it in the water. But our hearts can become so stony, God will just say, He was never mine. And He'll turn us over to ourselves. Uh, read Romans chapter 1 from about 18 on and see what what happens when, uh, or what will occur when that happens. Okay. I have to make sure I put it, adjust the title on this one. Lord, probably about a month or so ago. Let me check the date. Yeah, the beginning of May. Uh, showed me something. Brought to memory. I'm a movie buff. Not necessarily an old one out there, but I love movies that are have a theme to it. Have a um, a real world uh, concept or theme to it. There's nothing wrong with being concerned. Matter of fact, God wants to be concerned. What He does not want us to do is, uh, when the concern overtakes our every thought, that means that concern is from Satan and not from God. Um, or we've allowed Satan to take over, rather. Maybe perhaps I need to say that. Um, and that's all it is. We get consumed by it. We keep, we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. Off the things above, as Colossians 3 commands us to do. Um, 
and then we put it on a concern. That is also one of the areas when you when we get concerned for the things of the world. If we look at the parable of the sower, one right out of the gate, as soon as the gospel was preached, Satan was there, doom, 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 taking it right out of the mic, boom, boom, boom. They can get an emotions filled and thinking that salvation, which is not, uh, all thoughts that gospel, memory of that gospel, hearing the gospel, and hearing the invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is gone. Then you also got <clears throat> when the first persecution, because, affliction, because of the word of God. If they hated Jesus Christ, they're going to hate us. If Jesus is truly, genuinely abiding in us and we're abiding in him as John chapter 5 says, 550. Um, let me confirm that. It's 5. God is not all about us memorizing the Bible. God is all about Knowing Jesus. No, I don't have one of those cheating Bibles. They're not cheating. It's helpful. Oh, no, you're right. John 15. Okay. I get confused with it too. Uh, sometimes. Then you have the a third uh, type of seed receiving it. Receive it. Great joy comes. Woo, man. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. You're growing into the Lord. Boom. Then a worldly concern comes up. We've put all our focus in that. And we just took our eyes off Jesus Christ. That will indicate more times out of not. The majority of the time will indicate Jesus never came into the uh into the temple into the body into the into me into the uh, heart he was never really there it was just like an emotion failed you know we thought about him we think about him but he never became lord and savior i think that was the point what i needed to get to we're looking around if you ever seen then the fourth seed is the only one that matters when it actually, when Jesus Christ actually takes root, takes up home, goes down deep inside, and starts removing every other root of sin, every root of sin that's in us. From day one in our life, well, when we start understanding what went wrong was, uh, until that point. Just removes it, burns it out. If there's a for those that have owned a home before and you have a ugly looking tree stump it, the tree's been cut down properly you didn't hit the house that's a good thing <laughs> you either notched it right if you were a real man you used an axe uh, or if you worked smart and used a chainsaw you either had somebody with a rope on the other end or a vehicle or a tractor or you just knew how to notch it and it went the right way. Now, if you're in a major neighborhood, I would suggest using a cherry picker uh, to take off the branches and whack it on the way down. Uh, but when you get down to the stump, now you can be a dummy and waste money, waste God's money, and just get a whole stump remover. But then you gotta pretty much bring in more fresh loom, fresh dirt. Then you gotta plant the grass. Now you still gonna have to plant the grass. 
there are ways you can remove that stump properly. And this ain't about removing your stump. That's what it needs to be burnt in a nutshell. Gasoline can be, you know, gasoline or kerosene or something that's, you got to watch the flammable of it if you do it just right. Um, it will weaken the roots of that stump and then it will get to the point where a tractor or a van or a pickup truck with a chain on the other or come along, you can pull that boop, pull it right out because it's no longer those roots no longer have any strength that's what Jesus Christ does when he comes in. If Jesus Christ is not Lord and Savior, if he's just Savior you don't have Jesus Christ inside of you. If he's Lord and Savior that's what he's going to do that's called the refining fire. The furnace of affliction. There's different names to it depending upon what scripture you're looking at. Um, then it's going to remove. Then you can tell the difference between biblical and worldly compassion. Which one is drawing our eyes off of Jesus Christ and which one God wants, us, wants to show us how to deal with it. He first showed me this scripture when, by the Spirit of God, I was, I ended up at Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. But the focus verse, is as it was with Jesus, was verse 36. However, oh yeah, uh, Jesus was going through all the cities in, I think I showed about the in villages. Okay, sometimes when I try and put this in note form so I can read it. I don't always type it right. Teaching in their synagogues. Remember Jesus that Matthew is primarily a, um, the writing writing specifically or more specifically to the Jewish individuals, the people of Israel. Uh, but it's still speaking to us. It's also relevant. In proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. That's all we're supposed to do. In healing every kind of disease. In every kind of sickness. Notice he didn't say everybody that was sick. He physically healed. Some sicknesses or illnesses are still meant to, they can still be utilized to point toward Jesus Christ, but some of it may be saying it's your time to go and that's how you're going to go. There's no getting around it. I'm not going to say which is which. I kind of believe with all my heart Jesus would, would tell you if you truly know him and you truly love him and seek him. Uh, side note, seeing the people, he <clears throat> felt compassion for them, that he is Jesus Christ. Wasn't any of the twelve disciples. It was Jesus. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but... The workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his field. We're the ones he's wanting to send out. But it's the first thing we have to do. We're teaching his word and we're proclaiming his gospel. That's it. He will heal somebody. There will be supernatural healings. Would everybody? Nope. Of, of a disease or sickness when we 
walk by faith. There's a deceptive brother that made a statement one time, and it caused me to look that up, saying it was blind faith. No, 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 no. The faith of Jesus Christ is not blind faith, and it is faith. We only see one step of the time. Blind faith is of Satan. we got to be very careful with that one. That's the whole idea when God when God puts lays a concern upon our heart. He wants us to focus on teaching all his word. Genesis to Revelation, it all still has a relevancy as the Spirit of God, our counselor, our teacher, our strength, our comforter. The Holy the true Holy Spirit of God will only speak what he hears Jesus saying and Jesus only spoke with the Father which means one God that's it a little bit of definition sister part if I can read it uh, keywords that jumped out <laughs> I can read that um, it jumped out of me were compassion distressed dispirited I think I had a difficult time trying to figure that out sheep without a shepherd I'm not fully understanding why that jumped out at this point. I sort of understand it, but um, I don't. Uh, compassion, both in Hebrews and Strong's. This is strictly coming out of biblical dictionaries. It, uh, the Hebrews is 73:56. It means from the womb, the depth of the womb, deeply inside. When you're feeling there's a true biblical compassion that from the depth it's it's in our, the pit of our stomach in the depths like the womb area um, you got a world of compassion it's just surface level we're concerned with that example the Lord showed me or used to show me was in the movie Hotel Rwanda uh, and there was a scene where one of the reporters the bold one actually says nah we gotta cover all of what is happening to send it worldwide. Uh, he had snuck out outside of his boss's orders, left the hotel with with the cameraman. He didn't. Even, he only went a half a mile down the road, and he saw. Well, we know what happened in uh, Rwanda, uh, that area. He was like hacking. You know, everything. It's just like it was. It was ugly. Uh, so we don't have to go into it. But there was a particular line back there when he showed it to us. He just gave the video, didn't say words. He got yelled at for going outside. But when he showed it, then the boss says, You're right, we need to show this. Show the video worldwide. The manager that was being deeply, was getting that deep compassion for. The people living there um, said, "How could people not help when they see stuff like that?" And this line kind of cut me to the corner. Should cut us. And it says, "Do you really think they're gonna send help?" His line statement was, um, "Most people will see it and say, oh, that's bad, that's horrible,' and then they'll go back to eating their dinners. That's what we do when the compassion." When a deep compassion comes into us, we just can't go back and go have a cookie. It's 
like cooking again. We can't get, just go back and have another drink. We can't go back to business as usual. Once Jesus enters into our heart and he shows us, we all will be given a particular segment of the compassion. The first and foremost of the harvest is always to preach the gospel. Period. End of story. No other one. No other concern. It's as important as that. If that's not the focal point of whatever ministry, whether you're in a workplace ministry, your home life ministry, <clears throat> in your temporary church building ministry, or if you actually have a ministry that's based outside in the neighborhoods out there, it's like the four poking, the first call of God. If that is not your focus, then that concern has come from Satan. It won't last long. It's distracting you from Jesus Christ. You're seeing the loss. You're seeing the need for Jesus Christ as you yourself, me, myself, realize <coughs> if we come to that place, a genuine place where <coughs> we need Jesus Christ. Don't need, I don't just need help in a job. I don't need help at with my vein. I don't need help with that. I don't need this help. I don't need that help. I just need Jesus. We don't even hear the words of that book, the words of the song anymore, just give me Jesus. We don't want to say that anymore. You know why? Because we've been caught up in the things of this world. We no longer have a genuine compassion from Jesus Christ. That compassion keeps us weak. When you're a teacher in a Sunday school class, especially your teenagers, when the calling and the compassion comes from Jesus Christ, you go home and you weep every day. You weep over the Bible. You weep over the message. You open your Bible. You're on your knees or you're on your face. You may start on your knees, may end up on your face. Um, you weep over those kids in there. You weep over if you got a dozen of them or six of them. Don't matter what the does not matter how big it is. You're weeping over them that are hearing but they're not listening. They're hearing but they're not getting it. You're just crying out to God. You're crying out to Jesus Christ. You're crying out to Him. It's just, that's it. That's your only source. That's a deep certain passion. You're seeing Jesus' passion in it. If Jesus, again, if Jesus Christ is not in you, if you're not experiencing that deep passion for the lost, that they're not getting it, they're just doing things according to the flesh, you don't have Jesus Christ inside of you. The passion of Jesus Christ inside of you, it's going to raise up. Not a little soft, tickly voice to be not be offensive. I hate that get over. I hate that gay like voice out there, you. Uh, it's just like, I hate that stupid voice. That's so ignorant. <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm there, actually. Um, when you get Jesus was passionate for the people down here. That's why he came here. He sees them from the throne. He still sees us. He's waiting for us. To call upon his name, the name of Jesus Christ. You ever notice, side one a little bit, that most false prophets or those that are on the way to become a false prophet, they'll only talk about God. They'll only say, God this, God that. What God they're referring to. More to when you look at the context of their work, they're not talking about Jesus Christ. They're not even thinking about Jesus Christ. You know what God they're thinking about? The God of this world. 
And you know who that is? Satan, the devil, the dragon, the serpent from the garden. Many, a few names in there. That's what they're concerned about. They don't dare mention the name of Jesus Christ. I was like, well, Jesus is offensive. Jesus is the only way. He was offensive to us until we finally realized that he's the only option. Period. There's no other option. He's the answer to everything. A lot of times they probably went through the book of Acts. You remember what the religious leaders, and then they caused the government leaders <coughs> and the government law enforcement to put people in prison. They encouraged them to do what they wanted to do when they told, when Peter and John were told in the book of Acts, that says, you got to stop teaching in that name of Jesus. There's no other name. What was their response? You decide before God what's right. Whether to listen to you or listen to God. We're going to keep speaking who we know and who we hear and what we know. Uh, that was a paraphrase. Okay, that was... Don't know where that one led to. It was related, but not... In other words, you know, I should have really put this on a couple of uh, slides. Uh... The Greek word offsetting to that one, by the way, in the Greek, this compassion is a both. That shows the compassion of God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit is the whole Bible. There ain't no sound manager that can just preach New Testament or Old Testament. They don't need to be teaching just Old. They both point back and forth to the whole counsel of God. It means, it's 4697 is... The main one means to have pity from the depths of our womb. There's that womb again. Deep down where it said love and pity reside. That's a depth love. That's a genuine love of Jesus Christ. First and foremost, that the gospel be went forth. The gospel gets spoken, get preached. Another word, the other word that was deeply jumped out at me was distressed. Um... I only was able to find this in the NASB and other English versions. I don't fully understand that, but that Greek word was from G4660. means to flee or to harass or trouble. It's just like, that's what the, this is what Jesus was saying. And the J Jewish people have always been. The true Jewish have always been, in our day, harassed. Or in trouble. Now most of them, a lot of them were in the Old Testament were in trouble because they left God. <laughs> um, they left Him who delivered them from evil. We do the same thing. We walk, you know, we get comfortable in our religious ways again, our churchy ways, and then we forget about God through Jesus Christ. And then we stop reading our Bibles to seek Him. We stop seeking Him. We stop putting Him first and He kind of slips down a little bit. Uh, that's when little wake-up calls has to come about. I'm not going to get into that at this point. <clears throat> PM me or send me a message, and we'll go into deeper studies that as the Spirit allows. The next word that kind of jumped out was dispirited, which comes from the Greek word 4496, and well, it's all strong. It means a sudden motion or a fling or dispersing or scattering abroad. Again, usually there a lot of times that fling, that harassing, that trouble will cause us to be... Now remember in Acts chapter uh, 8, right after Stephen was stoned because he was preaching only Jesus. 
Only the word of God. Nothing more. Didn't preach religion. Didn't preach tickle your flesh. Didn't preach um, a concern. Didn't preach just one side. Just how to get it. Didn't preach how to um, how to make a million dollars out there in, in five years. Or um, how to pay off your debt out there. So you can still keep your stuff. Uh, sometimes we got to get rid of this stuff. God's telling us. What's God telling you to get rid of? Dang. When you follow the word. When you following the spirit of God you're desiring to that's related but I don't know where that came from <laughs> somebody needs to hear that they probably won't I hope they do um, and of course the last one this is more of a phrase than a word obviously it is a phrase sheep without a shepherd interesting some parts of it are come from Hebrews 7460 is to use of the graze of small flock that's basically the Old Testament sheep or cattle for predominantly now you may have a uh, flock of horses, whatever, um, that's basically what a shepherd is, I think it was the word that was jumped out, from the Greek is 4166, it's basically a shepherd, similar to what many pastors are, not all pastors are shepherds, some are teaching, some are administrators, some are different, it all depends upon their gifting, there's no biblical, correct Biblical definition saying all pastors have to be shepherds, all pastors have to be teachers, all pastors have to minister, um, all have that to give administration. That's not even biblical. Jesus is the only one that has every single gift, period, because they come from Him. I don't know where that came from, actually. Uh, Okay, it's kind of a long one. I'm not going to read all these passages. I'll just kind of shotgun them here. I'll be happy to email them if you need it to be. Matthew 14, 14 says when... <coughs> when he went... Okay. Got to break out the Bible. I had a typo here. You know, don't ever trust Apple to... Uh, don't ever turn out self-correct. I don't care how smart they think they are. Apple is not in the dictionary. When Jesus went ashore and saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them. This is one of the times when Jesus he traveled a lot, usually in Peter's boat uh, or one of the disciples' boats. He went to a good place. And then he came up there again. He had compassion again. Matthew 15, 32. And, Je and Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because... They okay. Let me turn to 1532. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have been, they have remained with me now three days and have, have nothing to eat and I do not want them to send them away hungry for they might faint on the way. That's where he did the uh, miracles with the um, seven loaves and a few fish. Uh, guess what? He fed all 5,000 people. Whether it was plus or more, we don't know. I think the Bible did say. Um, oh no, actually that was the four thousand. Didn't get further down. Mark six six and nine thirty two. Another time he had compassion. Numbers twenty seven fifteen through eighteen. And Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, "May the Lord." The God of the spirits of our flesh appoint a man over the congregation who will go out and come in before them and who will lead them out and bring them in 
so that the congregation of the Lord would not be like a sheep with which have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua. That's obviously when he was appointed, um, when Moses was prepared for the day when he went away of humans of all, mankind of all the earth. He died. Like we all will one day, unless the rapture occurs, then we'll go up that way. There's a strong warning in Ezekiel 34 as to, as it was in that day regarding judgment against shepherds. And we'll also go back and read that one because that's a warning that some need to read. And we all need to read it to be reminded that God's serious. When you're shepherding somebody, you care about them. And you don't give them false stuff, false teaching. You don't give them fleshly-based teaching, period. And we'll also be about on those who commit that such heresy today. There is both an encouragement and a warning in Zechariah chapters 10 and 11 too, and I'm not going to read it. Another example of compassion of the compassion of God through Jesus upon a person is over in Luke 10:33. Contextually, it's verses 30 through 37. That's the story of the Good Samaritan when he was on a journey. Now, this guy obviously, whatever business he was in, um, you would assume he didn't really have time to stop and help another person. I'm sure he wasn't retired. He said he was on a journey. So he was on his way somewhere. He had gone by the Spirit of God, put compassion upon him, his compassion upon him, he concerned. You had religious folks. One was a Levite, one was a Pharisee. Those are both leaders, but it could be a religious person that are too busy. They can even say, oh, too busy doing the things of the church. No, you're not. You're too busy doing the things of Satan, things of the flesh, to pay attention, to stop. Sometimes God will allow those, some people call them divine appointments. I don't even know if that's word biblically correct or not. So I'm not going to say it is, I'm not going to say it's not. He actually took a couple of days. He actually cleaned the guy up, helped him. Was he a doctor? Was he not? We don't, don't sound like he was. We don't know. And we're not supposed to know that. So again, do you have compassion for somebody over the flesh? Uh, just because of the flesh? Or do you have compassion over... Um, I do have genuine compassion of Jesus Christ for the lost. We are just not going to look at one aspect of it because Jesus was all about the gospel and the kingdom of God. So, the only way to find that out, we got to see God. we got to open His Bible and we got to get along with God. There's no such thing as just a five or ten minute prayer out there and then, okay, we know God. No. Nobody's that smart. Nobody's that mature. Uh, it's just like, you're making an unction for it real quick. It's just like, it comes from listening to God, listening for His voice, to His voice, and then obeying the voice of the Lord through His Word. It's not a matter of, there's a, this one just hit me this morning when I was getting out of the shower. It's kind of bad when you get up, temperatures at 70 degrees, you get out of the shower, dry off, and you're still a little wet. That was how humor it is. But it's a time of year. Praise the Lord for the seasons. Uh, better than the white stuff. Uh, We got we got the wrong kind of the religious today got the wrong kind of concern.
We get concerned for the flesh, concerned for ourselves, making a name for ourselves, getting people to pay pat us on the back. We've taken our eyes off of Jesus Christ and put it on our own individual little pockets of selfness to keep our things, to keep our stuff, and we're missing the loss. We're walking right by, speeding right by. The Bible app can be a good tool. You can encourage me. If the Lord does bring a scripture to memory, you're praying for something, you're praying as you're working, praying as you're walking about, um, thinking about the Lord, he presses, presses something on, you're praying for somebody that's going through something. Scripture comes to mind. It's a quick way to go in, grab the scripture, and send it off to him. Text or an email or a letter, and just uh, thinking about you, lifted you up, came to mind, and this verse came to mind. Be encouraged, my brother, be encouraged, my sister. We're not doing that, though. We're doing it to encourage ourselves. Which is not always necessarily a bad thing. We want God to break us. Then to bless us. And then to pour us out. And then to fill us up with himself. And to send us out. Pour us out upon others. That's what we become. Empty vessels filled with the Spirit of God. We're not filled, truly filled with the Spirit of God now. We're all about making noise. We're all about doing things of the flesh, doing things of the world. God told us if we are in love with this, those that are in love with this world are in enmity, depending upon what version of the Bible, with God. That means you're against God. If we love this world too much, we're not in love with God through Jesus Christ. And that's a little warning sign also. Remember that what I, what God brought up earlier, uh, is we can be too worldly minded that we don't even, we forget who Jesus Christ is. I once had a uh, friend and a sister in Christ, loved, still love dearly, uh, that made an ignorant, stupid line, and I didn't think about it at the time, that, but it, or it took several years before the Spirit of God finally revealed that one where it says, oh, well, we can be too heaven minded and not be useful to God. That's a demonic line and that's not that we are to keep our mind and our thoughts heaven bound on Jesus Christ. That don't mean our eyes when we're driving we're looking up and not looking forward. Nah, no, that's kind of stupid actually. That was a little sarcasm there. Uh, that was the most demonic. So don't ever use that line with somebody because you're not, you're doing like Peter did or any of us, we, any of us can do it. We're doing it like Peter did. He had his eyes on Satan instead of on. That's why Jesus rebuked Satan, because no, and it was Peter that spoke. Peter did that a few times actually. We all have a little part of Peter in us. We all kind of do that. That is not so. If somebody got you, won't even find that line in scripture. Actually, it's the quite worst. Actually, we're more useful. As a vessel to God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. When we are heaven minded. When we are focused. The next time somebody says. Well you, you think you're holy. I said, we're being made that way. We are told. Tell them thank you. I'm glad you noticed. Now let me tell you where that holiness comes from. It comes from Jesus Christ. 
You may be hated. I'm not going to say you won't. They may say thank you. We are commanded. We are said through Peter. Be holy as I am holy. That's God saying it through us. Through Jesus Christ. We forget that part. Now on our own. <laughs> doing our own methods. Our own educational attainments. We will never be holy. It's only by spending time with Jesus Christ. Getting to know him. Growing. Growing in the grace of God. Learning about him. All of that comes from reading the Bible. Look at every single servant of the Lord. The Bible that you use to study by. It is the pages are gonna be frayed. You're gonna have notes in it. Didn't say you're gonna read those notes, obviously. You're gonna have portions highlighted of it as the Lord is speaking to you. It's not gonna be new when you first buy it off the shelf. It's gonna wear up. The binding is gonna come about it. Uh, by the way, Armor's glue works mighty on it. Um, when it happens out there. You have to kind of break it when it kind of say, Okay, I do need to get another one now. <laughs> so I can do the same thing again. And it is, yeah, you're right. It's just a matter of holding up a Bible out there. But at least if you're pointing, you know, a secular person, at least pointing towards the Word of God... It's key. It's a lot better than holding up a Quran. Now, insult if you're choosing uh, Islam, then live it, know it. Then know the Quran. If you're Muslim, then know it. If you're Jehovah's Witness, then know the Watchtower. Whatever you want to choose, Jesus Christ is the only way. It's truthful. It's been proven. It's been trying to be discredited. It's the oldest book in uh, recorded history. Actually, it is the oldest one, period. God was, is, and always will be. He was before everything in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was there with him. The Holy Spirit was there with him. It's one God. Living. Period. End of story. Believe it. It's a good book. Still the bestseller. People buy it, then they put it on the shelf. They may read an occasional scripture. And, you, and when God spoke it, to these 40 uh, writers. He didn't give verses and chapters. Don't read it as such. Be very careful with that. I have had it shown to me by the Spirit of God. There is some little distinct. Where some of those verses. Where verses break it off. When you read the context of it. That should have been broke there. Those men that broke that up. Weren't fully listening to the Spirit of God. You pretty much won't find it now. But I can't get the original ones, they're gone. Uh, so again, I encourage you. So what compassion? What true, deep-seated compassion has God put upon your heart? Laid upon your heart? By the way, a little nutshell, I'll live with this one. Um, I still get intrigued and I still get broken when I watch Hotel Rwanda. I do not like it's a secular movie. It's not a Christian based movie. It did really the currency did really happen. I'm sure Hollywood destroyed it. The reality of it. Now, some of it was probably thankfully downgraded. 
but I'm sure a lot of it was not real. Um, it's illuminating to somebody if they have eyes, eyes to see and ears to hear, but they probably don't want to see. If you're on your way to become false prophets, you only want to mention God and not Jesus Christ. You better fairly make sure what God you're ser- what God you're serving. You're more likely if you're not using if you're ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, "I'll be ashamed of you before the Father," and that means you have no advocate before God when you mess up. Not if you mess up, when you mess up. That's a dangerous place to be. Don't ever be ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. His name is made the name above every single name. Whether you want to, now now it's a willing choice to bow before Jesus Christ. Because he is the only one worthy to be bowed. Do not bow to any other human being. Period. If they say, if you don't bow down to me, I'll cut your head off. Ben Dorman says, here you go. Make sure you do it clean. Don't get no ragged cuts. But I'm going home to be with my Jesus. If that's his will. If it's not according to his will, it ain't going to happen. If it is, rejoice. You're going home. Your last words will be like Stephen's. Says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If those aren't your last words... If those aren't going to be your even your last thoughts, you need to be concerned before they become your last thoughts. <laughs> they need to become it. Love y'all. Father God, help us all to know you, to live according to only your word, your compassion. Help us to know exactly where you're sending us and when to proclaim the gospel. Lord, give us uh, your of the portion of your compassion. We can't handle all of your compassion. Because we're not God. You are. We give us that same passion. That deep seated compassion. Um, according to what's. You've. Uh, foreordained. Foreordained for us. In Jesus name. Amen. Love y'all.